in me when I turn on the TV or the shows or whatever, it's always negative. So that's just one of the reasons, okay? And it can also inspire the children when they see themselves represented in books. Like if they see, you know, a book with a Black scientist or a Black artist and they're like, yeah, that is so cool. Interludes, a pure Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by NBN's African American Historical News Journal. Give the gift of knowledge as the drive for five starts now. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Val The Voice Johnson. Jerusalem, Here's a true statement. Representation matters. In the classroom, in the workplace, and especially in television, film, and literature. For children of color, it's important for them to realize their strength and worth while growing up in the society, whether it be in the States or in other places like Haiti. In the mid-1990s, Haitian-American author Edwidge Dinnicott published her master thesis and semi-autobiographical book, Breath, Eyes, Memory. And years later, the book was picked as a selection for the Oprah Winfrey Book Club. Dinnicott writes from her heart and experience being a Haitian immigrant to the States, and her writings inspired our guest today. Children's author Judith Anique Francois has written the book Meet the Three Princesses and last year raised over $10,000 to finish publishing the book and to have over 500 copies sent to Haitian children. Like Edwidge, Judith celebrates her Haitian culture in her writings and this week hosted a virtual book release party celebrating her writing accomplishment and her birthday. Let's hear from Judith and learn more about her thoughts on representation and the importance of exposing positive images to children. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Interludes. I am very excited to have a very talented writer, a poet, and someone who has been very successful in raising funds. Uh, she is very passionate about writing great, great stories about her home country, Haiti. Welcome, Judith Anique Svensois. Welcome. Hi, Valerie. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm really, really happy to be here. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you. Happy New Year. It took, like, time goes by so fast. I can't believe it's 2022. What is but happening then, in your background over there, girl? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I got those cats and, you know, they want attention, like, 24-7. So I'm like... Stay away for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> They're like children. Like, could you please pay attention to me right now? <laughs> right. Yeah. I met Judith through a mutual business network. And what I was so fascinated with, uh, ladies and gentlemen, was that she wrote a book and she did a Kickstarter campaign for it called Three Little Princesses. Now, when you wrote this book, and was thinking, I want to raise money. What inspired 
that drive? What inspired you, number one, to write the book and then to do this Kickstarter specifically for getting those books to uh, Haitian children in Haiti? Yes, and that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. So it is um, what inspired me to write it is because, you know, I'm a writer. I'm always writing. Um, you know, I have different ideas coming to me every uh, every day, every couple of days, you know. So um, I started getting those ideas for children's book earlier this year. And with the pandemic, I was, um, you know, a little bit isolated and took a, taking a break from some other stuff that I was writing. And then I decided, you know, let me try um, a children's book that's been in my head for a while. So I started writing it and then, you know, I went through the process of writing and editing, and then I decided to, you know, say, okay, I'm gonna put it out there. Now, the reason that it is um, something that it was important to me, because, you know, as you say, I'm from Haiti. Um, and so pretty much like 99% of everything that I write that has some type of influence in it, you know? So it's either um, something that's taking place in Haiti, whether from my experience, um, from, things that I've seen, heard, things about the culture, you know? So um, the book, um, Meet the Three Princesses, it takes place in Haiti. It's about three little girls, your family who, you know, are loving, they're trying, they love school, they love to play. And I wanted to depict, um, you know, a different side of Haiti, you know, where people can see us as just like them, just like we're human. Um, we have a beautiful culture. Uh, the Haitian families work just as hard as uh, everybody else. They they want the same thing for their children. So, um, yeah, so I wanted to show the world that. And then I also wanted to send the book to Haiti because um, it's important for children everywhere to see themselves in, you know, represented positively in the media. Um, so in Haiti, unfortunately, we don't really have a whole lot of that. Um, many children don't have books or go to libraries and those who do most of the time they're not reading books that were written by Haitian people you know in their native language of Creole and you know for them so I um, feel like this is kind of like my contribution to help younger children um, especially to to see themselves and help build their self-esteem help see that there are, you know, they are loved, they are represented, they have a voice. So that's, uh, that's my inspiration for yeah. the book. Yeah. And it's a series. So this is just uh, one of uh, many more books to come. Wow. And it's, it was so inspirational to just kind of, you know, read and know the background. Did you grow up here or in Haiti? How was that experience, depending on where you grew up? How was your experience growing up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I did. Um, I was in Haiti until I was 11 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I moved to Chicago mm -hmm. um, from 11 until, uh, let's say when I was 18, I moved to Florida for college. I spent about five years there. Mm -hmm. And then I came back to Chicago. Um, and then I moved to Haiti for about three and a half years. And then I came back to Chicago and then I went back to Haiti for like another year and then I came back again to Chicago so it's like I don't know I consider my home is like both Haiti and Chicago it's like both you know so um so yeah both of these um places that I grew up with like really 
has really um, influenced me, how I see the world, how I write, how I, um, you know, interact with people. So, but yeah. And being a writer, who has been an, um, an author or poet that has inspired you the most? Um, I would say the author that inspired me the most is um, Edwidge Dantica. Mm. She is a Haitian American woman. Um, she, I believe, she was born in Haiti, ah. and she wrote. Um, she writes really beautiful books. Um, sometimes they're heartbreaking, but they're really good. <laughs> and so the reason that she inspired me is because um, when I went first um, was when I first came to the United States, right? I was in ESL classes um, like all day long. And mm -hmm. from the, the fourth grade all the way till the seventh grade. So when I went to the eighth grade, I remember the first day I walked into the school, everybody was introducing themselves. And mm -hmm. so I, when it was my turn, I was like, yeah, I'm Judith. And then of course they saw that I have an accent and they were like, so where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Haiti. And my teacher was like, oh my God, do you know about Edward Jantica? And I was like, no, I have no idea what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. So the next day she bought me this book. She bought me Breath, Breath, Eyes, Memories by Edward. And that was the very first time in my life that I, I saw a book written by a Haitian author. Um, things that I was familiar with, the culture mm -hmm. um, and things that were happening in the book. I was like, yes, I understand that. I, I really see it. And it really changed my my life basically because I was like, this is what I wanted to do. Like I always felt something in me that wanted to write and liked to write, but I just didn't see that it was possible because I'd never heard of a Haitian author. Like I was very ignorant of it. So yeah, Edwidge, she really inspired me. And then after that, that's when my world was open to other books by um, Haitian people. And I just really um, felt like I could do it from then on. And so, uh, so yeah, that's one of the reasons why I feel like it's important for me to target those younger um, people because I was like about 14, 15 when I realized that I could be a writer or that I can be anything that I wanted. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the children, you know, in Haiti or children nowadays, they don't have to wait that long, you know, so they can start, let's start them early to realize that they have a lot of potential. Yeah. Why, why do you think it's important for uh, children of color to see themselves represented positively? Yeah, it's very, very important because um, a children's environment and what you see, it's like you're, they're always absorbing, absorbing, absorbing um, things. So when they see other cultures, um, you know, books with people who don't look like them, it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's only when it's, they only see other people um, in those book represented positively. So then not only that, like they, that will definitely affect their self-esteem, how they see themselves. So there will be a lot of internalized, like, um, you know, judgment and, and things that they will believe about themselves because they will see, okay, so this other group are, is always really positively represented. And me, when I turn on the TV or the shows or whatever, it's always negative. So I must be bad or I must be inferior than them. So mm -hmm. that is, uh, that's just one of the 
reasons okay and it can also inspire um the children when they see themselves represented in books like if they see you know a a, a book with a black scientist or black uh, you know artist and they're like yeah that is so cool yeah wow yeah and it sounds like you're a teacher well, I'm not really a teacher. <laughs> I was a, a substitute teacher for a couple of years. And then uh, I also um, received my um, like special ed um, certificate. Mm -hmm. And I would work one-on-one -on -one with uh, children who just need a little bit of like extra extension, you know, like they, I would, you know, do things with them one-on-one -on -one so that they can, because not all children are, are able to learn like the exact same way. So, yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like we had a similar trajectory because I did uh, teaching, substitute teaching in Chicago for about mm. three years, but I did high school. Mm. Them kids was crazy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, I stay away <laughs> from the high school. <laughs> <laughs> something, it's something beautiful about that. Proud, I'm proud of what I am. Poems I speak are plugged too tight. Please, oh please, let plug to be himself, not what you read, all right? I love the name of the characters. Um, Rosaline, Cassandra, Esther, Mama Julie, and Papa Jack. Of the three princesses that I mentioned, this is Rosaline, Cassandra, and Esther. Which of the three princesses does Judith identify with the most? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let me see i um i want to say rosaline like she's so um she's the youngest okay she hasn't been to school yet mm -hmm. um her two sisters are um you know whenever they're getting ready to go to school she always wants to go and mama has to explain that you can't go to school yet mm -hmm. um she is asking a lot of questions she's a very very curious uh, little girl and she wants to learn more she's always like you know just is ready for the world like to to she's like okay i'm ready i'm ready so i think i see that um i see myself in all three of those um girls but i see myself in rosaline like even more because there are so many things that i'm just like uh when i look back into my childhood that i was always like i wanted to explore i wanted to see i was always wondering about things so yeah and for people that are Haitian American just making that transition from from Haiti to America what was the biggest challenge when you transitioned and then you're someone that actively goes back but in the if you can remember that far back like how was it just going from Haiti how is how is it down there and then coming to a very mm -hmm. cold climate because Chicago is no joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, the first, first it came as a surprise because nobody told me that I was coming <laughs> to America. Not until, um, what? yeah, I, I just remember one day we went to this place and it was like a, a lot of strange people in there. And then later I found out that was the U.S. Embassy. Um, so I went once and still didn't really understand what was going on. And then the second time I went, um, that's when I saw someone, you know, a white lady handing a, a yellow envelope to um, the person I was with. And they were like, congratulations. And everybody was so happy. 
and then like a month later I was on a plane and I was like oh, okay <laughs> but um I don't know it's like a I guess the in Haitian culture like children sometimes they don't really talk talk about things they don't tell you you know because they're like you're a kid but um so and that was the first um surprise for me and then when I came here I came in April and at that time in April like was extremely cold in Chicago yeah so I remember just um my grandmother had me in this really sheer like outfit and I could feel the breeze like breeze like in my legs and in my all over my body and I was like oh my god this is so cold I hate it <laughs> I don't like it so that was like one of my first things but I also I was excited as well because I was like oh my god this is you know when you're in Haiti like when you're in a different country I don't I don't care what country you are like when people talk about the United States of America it's like they feel like you know you hear all these stories that like there are sidewalks and and roads that are like paved in gold and it's like paradise and everything is beautiful and yeah so I was kind of excited too about that um but um so I was I struggled it was mostly because of the separation I went I went from Haiti having like living in a house with like about 15 people mm-hmm. at some point and then it was just me and my mom and my stepfather and mm-hmm. then my mom, you know, she, my little brother came. So that was another huge adjustment. I was also with my grandmother. Uh, we were very close. We still are. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little bit of separation, um, you know, anxiety there for, <laughs> for a while. And, um, um, and then in school, I didn't really fit in. Um, I was always like the awkward, quiet kid. Um, so it, it, it took a lot of adjustment, but I guess, it's a good thing that I did come young um, because I feel I feel like maybe as an adult, it would have been harder to like adapt. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that that for the people that I've spoken with that are friends of mine that are Haitian and they talk about when they made their transition from Haiti to America, depending on their age, sometimes it was it wasn't too bad, and then sometimes it was a it was a harsh adjustment, especially if you were a teenager or maybe a young adult. And mm-hmm. that's just exciting to hear because I feel like my mom she left the South and she came to Chicago in the '50s. So just kind of mm-hmm. that migration to do something in another city and and for you another country, just to make it better. In 2021, unfortunately, Haiti went through some very weird things as a country. Unfortunately, the um, president was assassinated. And I think there was also, an was there an earthquake as well? Yes, there was an earthquake mm-hmm. about a month later. Yeah. Um, and then there's all this political unrest and, and yeah. you know, yeah. And my, my deal is, is that I've always talked to my friends and said, what can we do to help? And sometimes I, we had, there was a Christian group that went down to help and they ended up getting kidnapped. And so to tell someone to say, you know what, I am Haitian, but whatever craziness that's happening in my home country is, doesn't represent me. If you were to let someone know, because literally you did a Kickstarter, raised $10,000, for three little princesses so that those books can be sent to Haiti. What would you tell mm-hmm. someone to say, you know what, I support 
Haiti and support me because I'm Haitian and this is my home country and I I love it no matter how crazy the things that, that, that have been happening there. I still love my home country. What do you say to that? Yeah, that's, um, that's well, first of all, that's beautiful. I wish more people would, you know, see it that way so that um, more people would be willing to help mm -hmm. um, Haiti. Uh, for me, you know, at, a lot, I feel um, very powerless when it comes to these things because there are like layers and layers and layers and like big bosses and big people who are, you know, basically um, responsible for Haiti being the way that it is mm -hmm. and they don't want things to change, right? right. So the way that um, I see how I can make a difference is by um, doing things with the children, like targeting the innocent children who didn't ask to be born in that in that situation, you know? And if uh, everybody just leaves Haiti and they never look back, then okay, like who's gonna actually um, be the, you know, their example for the children that are coming up because we don't want them to repeat the same cycle of, uh, you know, of, of violence, helplessness and, and corruption and all that stuff. So that's why, um, that's when I, that's how I feel like I can do my part. Um, and, you know, just working with the youth, working with um, young people with education, supporting literacy. Um, you know, a lot of like people in Haiti are very, um, they're not, they don't take change like very, well easily very well yeah okay. so i'm not <laughs> so i'm not gonna um try to go and be like okay we have to change the education system and we have to do this or do that i'm just gonna offer my support and say you know here are books um here's my i have i've started uh a nonprofit organization so that we can support other um great organizations that are doing good in haiti when it comes to education and literacy so that's um for me that's the start and that's how um i can do my part yeah and what's the name so. of your non-for-profit uh foundation okay so that name is it's gonna be it's a strange name but it is gautier abraham bosico literacy mm. foundation so <laughs> so gautier is my mother's maiden name um Gilbert Gautier, Abraham is my grandmother's uh, maiden name, mm -hmm. and Bustico is my father's name, and it's actually my name too, but, you know, my uh, mother changed it when she got married, so, mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to have my family's name in there it's because it's how I, um, I want my family to be honored um, and, you know, bring... Um, pride and joy to to you know to my family's name mm -hmm. and so that's what it is and I'm really excited about like like I want to do uh, so much with it and I can't wait yeah I know in 2022 it's it's going to be an exciting time and I found out you're a poet I've been in these uh, clubhouse streets virtual streets uh, seeing oh, yeah. what you've been doing what and far as poetry I heard that you have some workshops that you're going to be doing on via clubhouse tell me about that yes yeah, so for, um my book is like right here let me give one second let me grab it okay it's audio but it's all cool 
it's fine. So I uh, forgot that I, I should have bought it. So this is my my first ever published book. It's called Breakthrough to New Beginnings, nice. A Poet's Journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every, everything I write is like very personal um, for me. So this poetry book has a lot of uh, very... Um, poems that were about you know like my journey of going like from immigration to like childhood memories Mm -hmm. and then healing to you know trauma and all of that so Mm -hmm. um so I'm very proud of it as like my first ever um book published Mm -hmm. and um yeah so the the poetry workshop it is uh it's called the breakthrough poetry workshop and we do it every month the first Saturday of every month um all of 2022 yeah, the if you go to Eventbrite, um, the tickets, it's free. It's a free workshop, but you know I do accept donations. The link, I I'll give you the link. It's gonna be on um, on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, on, oh, it's on, on Zoom. Oh, it's only gonna be on Zoom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I do do them like on, in Clubhouse as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like mini workshops in Clubhouse mm-hmm. um, from time to time, but for this one, uh, it will that be like a zoom okay cool if people wanted to uh donate and find out more about uh, three little princesses and to just find out about your mission and what you've done as far as raising money to send the books to haiti and anything else workshops as well where would they go okay um they can go to www.judithsbooks.com so it's j-u-d-i-t-h-s-b-o-o-k-c.com and there you will be able to purchase uh, my book book one of me the three princesses and then you'll be able to pre-order uh, book two and book three of the series as well and then also you'll be able to donate on the GoFundMe campaign that we're still doing to collect funds to help um, bring books to to Haiti so yeah Yeah, this is exciting guys I'm looking at her website right now and the your illustrator what's the gentleman's name yeah Rodney Sano he is a a really great um, illustrator from Haiti Mm -hmm. Um, and also my um, translator like the books are translated into both French and Creole so my translator was also a Haitian guy so yeah yeah so this this is exciting Judith Judith thank you so much for joining me on interludes yeah thank you so much for having me it was a, a pleasure speaking with you I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. For more fun outtakes with author Judith Anique Francois, please visit our Interludes YouTube channel. Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us and other special guests as we break down the latest topics surrounding music and movies and sports every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live in the chat on our Interludes YouTube channel. Interludes. Original concept by Valerie Johnson. 
Written by Michael Womble. Produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by NBN's African American Historical News Journal, documenting 178 years of our country's historical newspaper articles. Give the gift of knowledge as the Drive for Five starts now. I got my five, and I invite you to get your five. To purchase your five journals, please visit the website nbnconnect.com and type in interludes as the referral. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media. Media.